This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. It is a big day for us here because. It is the first anniversary of Life Beats and we are celebrating in style with Hanan Mahmoud and Maria Ramirez of Al Jawahar Reception and Convention Center. We are going to be eating a lot of cake. There is a stunning cake here at the studio and we are going to be talking the art of celebration next here on Life Beats. Keep it on Pulse95. The heart of Shaja. This is Pulse95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Welcome to Life Beats on Pulse 95. It is our first anniversary today, so I thought, what better way to celebrate than with Al Jawahar Reception and Convention Center, Hanan Mahmoud. CEO and Maria Ramirez, Director of Corporate Marketing and Communications at JRCC. They are both here to celebrate with us. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sally. Pleasure to be Happy here. Happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's uh, uh, unbelievable. It's amazing to think, you know, it has already uh, been a year for us uh, here on Life Beats. And Hanan, you've been part of this as well, part of the journey, which is fantastic and amazing. We, we love showcasing the things that you guys do at JRCC because you really, really set the standard. You really set the bar very, very high. And we love your enthusiasm, Sally. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Every time I go to an event and, you know, every time that I speak to people who have had events there, you can, I don't need to say it, you know, you can go online, you can have a look and see the kind of events that you guys do. It is next level, mashallah. Um, and so this is what we want to talk about today. I thought, let's talk about the art of celebration you know in in 2019 and looking forward to 2020 now um you know let's talk a little bit about the kind of trends that we are seeing now in terms of what are people looking for uh, there is the wow factor as always but where where are we headed when it comes to celebrating well the reason Sally Marie is with me here today I mean I've worked with her for over 13 years and she's pretty much she has events in her blood it's her <laughs> passion and you know she can't seem to get her self out of it so she has she's probably the right person to to join me in this discussion because when when we work on our own signature event or whenever we're working for an event for a client she's very much involved in um, meeting them um, uh, understanding the requirements doing and conducting the necessary searches to see what's the latest trend mm-hmm. and making sure that we adapt it to a way that fits their um, what they're looking for exactly yeah. branding is very important keeping up to date with the latest technologies that you use so maybe Maria you can talk a little bit more about um, how do we choose themes for our own events for example do people come to you and say I don't know I I want a botanical theme or I want the the blue theme or something like how how do people come to you normally yeah actually it depends on the objectives of the event so sometimes client would come to you with with crazy ideas and you just have to work around it like um, give us an example of crazy say, ideas exa- the, the craziest part is that sometimes they want everything for example they want to change the entire venue into something different 
uh, they want to like when you enter the venue they want to see a completely different setup you know like people wouldn't even recognize the venue give us an example but the good of thing when you've worked on like that like sometimes they would ask for a 3d mapping for the entire venue let's say because nowadays they're into technology so they would like to create let's say a full 3d mapping inside the venue from the you know from from the end to end of the of the wall 3d mapping what does yes, that mean it's, what it's, does that look like? it's like um a technology it's a new technology where let's say have you seen the uh, light festival in Sharjah? Yes, yes so you see different effects on the, the building that's that's called 3d mapping so they basically turn yes. the entire hall into, into a screen yes they cover the walls with just a white sheet and then they install projectors throughout and whatever is projected on these screens basically turns it into one you could be sitting in an in a roman kind of a building or you can be sitting in a garden because it's th- it, there is a high cost with, to stretching the screens and bringing the projectors but yeah. then other than that no other cost because ever they're preloaded designs and you just project them on the screen and suddenly you're transformed and, you know? and you can change the you can change the effects you know like Maybe now you want it to look like a Parisian team, then later on you would like it to become a garden because it's 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 an L, it's like an LED projection. It's like a projection, so you can change it from time to time. You don't have to stick to one setup. So you can have different ambience, different theme from from time to time in the same event. That's so incredible th- because yeah. you know uh, one event can have lots of different stages within yeah. that same event and so you could have your own light festival going on yes, definitely. within yes. your own event that is amazing and crazy definitely. what kind of things what kind of images do people put up that you know that they love it depends on on the theme of of the event like recently i think we've had like a, a parisian theme where we had arches inside the uh, yes. the venue and it and greenery like yes. climbing trees and then the, they would the thing is you you said something before we started the show you said this when i showed you the video of a wedding that was hosted last uh, friday you said this is a stage production you're absolutely right because when they project the picture on the screen what they do is say it's a garden then you would hear birds chirping birds you chirping. know from the speakers and then you would you would carry out the theme let's say on the table center pieces and then you would have it in a messy kind of a floral gathered you know arrangement and so when people walk in they're completely transformed and we love when that happens obviously it doesn't happen common because it requires a very heavy budget and an investment so it happens once ever in a while when we have a, a large vip wedding or we have a corporate client that has a large number of people but what happens is that we get to see how GRCC can actually be transformed and completely changed. You would have attended a wedding the night before and then the next day you were sitting in a futuristic modern kind of a setting and you almost don't recognize the place. It's amazing. I love that so much. There's such a level of creativity here and um, Maria, like you were saying, technology kind of takes this whole thing to the next level, doesn't it? Because definitely the transformation, it it becomes easier, more interesting. But it's more expensive, though. (laughs) (laughs) Look, here's the thing. You know, we're we're not going to talk money. Money is is not (laughs) not, uh, an an objection here. It is not an obstacle. Uh, But uh, I think it's just fascinating to think about the creative, uh, you know, extent that True. you can go to with something like this. Uh, the wedding uh, that you were showing me, Hanan, um, you had these kind of LED origami swans mm. in the yes. air floating. 
and it just looked absolutely stunning. Describe to us uh, that particular setup and, and what that was all about. Well, it was a wedding for a um, uh, family from Sharjah, Alarwais family. They're very well known to have a large number of invitees. So when they have their weddings, we usually block the entire Jawahar Reception Convention Center. I have very dear friends from that family as well. And whenever we get a booking, we get excited because we know that it's going to be a big one. The chef gets all hyped up. The yeah. banqueting team mm-hmm. get excited. This is time for customizing. Let's see what you have in plan for us. We work with a different number of wedding organizers. So the client would normally come six months before the wedding just to block the date. And then the sooner, the, the closer we are to the big day, they start shaping up their theme. Once they've had a discussion with their uh, stage designer, they would bring us bits and pieces. And that's the stage where we start seeing color swatches and pattern colors. And, you know, f- for this particular wedding, it was all about hummingbirds, actually. Mm-hmm. So we tried to incorporate the shades of pastel pink and pistachio green with hummingbirds. And that's where the team went crazy. The chef went uh, back in. They they had their individual plated appetizers and desserts completely customized to that. Um, we had even the drinks and the mocktails and the granita drink. They were all customized with from garnishing to the shade of the color of the food coloring that was used in some of them. So it all comes together when you and I've actually had the pleasure of attending the wedding so when I walked in there was a sense of pride that you Mm. know the team did such an amazing they pulled amazing teamwork and it all just fit perfectly all the pieces of the puzzle and you get to enjoy a lovely evening and see the clients happy how before we go to the break how many people are involved in a production like that I have to call it a production because it's more than an event it's really a production well JRCC side alone you have our 160 employees actually but then you have the full fleet of the production company we have anywhere between 100 and 200 workers constructing the stage and then you have the florals exactly the service staff staff. so I would say for a wedding of that size we had anywhere between 500 to 600 people working on it (laughs) (laughs) my joy is on the floor i have to pick it up Uh, coming up next uh, we're going to continue the discussion with hanan and maria and talk about how to plan a memorable event Uh, lots more to come here on life beats this is pulse 95 Live Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Let me tell you what, the conversation goes on in the breaks here with Hanan and Maria from JRCC. It's uh, so interesting because we, we are talking the art of celebration and we're talking um, what people like to do. Hanan, you're telling me that right now a big thing is baby receptions. Tell me more about that. Yes, so baby receptions is basically a celebration of the arrival of a new bundle of joy that happens or takes place at the hospital itself. It's something that is quite common these days where the mother and the family would rather receive the guests at the hospital so that they have ample time to dedicate to the baby once they're home. So they Mm. don't want to worry about carrying out another gathering at home. So what happens is usually if it's a natural delivery, then it's a natural birth, then it's anywhere between two to three days. If it's a C-section, it's 
anywhere between five to six days where the where the mom stays in the hospital and family members and friends get to visit her. So a big worry is catering. Some of these guests guests uh, come and stay for a number of hours. And what do you serve them? You you can't. I mean, there is no catering services available at the hospital. Itself. Exactly. That's where GRCC stepped in, tailored in special menus that consist of savory and dessert pass arounds where they can be customized to the theme of the baby reception. And I say theme because moms are paying a a large amount of uh, uh, effort and dedication to customizing um, let's say an emblem for their newborn baby with uh, their initials and a Mm. certain design and a color and then they want that to be carried out so from macaroons to bonbons to you know uh, mocktails and savory drinks and anything that passes around is customized to that particular theme and we have pictures that are going to blow your mind I, I sometimes i look at it and i'm like is this really a baby reception yeah. the, the baby is literally zero days old and they have this lavish spread you know celebrating them so we love to be part of that and it's, it's I, I would just like to yeah. add to that mm. like um because of that demand we've even launched a brand called jeem uh, yes correct me if i'm if i f- if i you know, butchered the pronunciation. No, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, dessert. It's the different types of desserts that mm. we uh, use as a giveaway. It's uh, you can we have cert- specific products that you could actually customize because you know when you go to a baby reception, they do not allow you to leave without any any giveaway in your yeah. hand. So we launched this brand called Ajim that has different um, desserts products and they're individually packed and we could customize it say for example you would like to order a macaron and the theme of the baby reception is pink and gold so we can just customize the color of 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 the macaron according to the theme of your event or the baby reception and you have a choice to pack just one single piece in a small box or four pieces together. It depends on what you want your guests to walk totally away with. Totally bespoke. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, but it's important to say we are talking about amazing, lavish events. We're talking about dreamlike productions, you know, for, for weddings and so forth. But at the same time, um, you actually do low-key events as well. Yeah. Um, you don't just do these big, huge events. That, and, and budget plays a really big part in this as well, doesn't it, Maria? Yes. Um, actually, this, that's, the, that's the main problem, our main challenge, you know, and I believe that um, all event planners would agree with me because when clients come to you, they would tell you, I want a wow event, but we have a very limited budget. So what we do is that we steer them to, to different options, you know, we suggest something different to them in terms of themes, let's say, or menu selections or decorations depending on what their budget could afford. Mm. So basically, you just have to be very honest with them about the state of, of their budget. So, you know, you can, there are a lot of creative solutions out there uh, as long as it still meets the, uh, the objectives of the event. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how we deal with clients with very limited budget. Or what we do also is that we ask them what do they have in stock, you know, if, if they have something that we can use and we don't have to purchase it for, for them or we don't have to rent it. So we have to find alternative solutions in order to make their dream event a reality. It's it, the most important part. You have to start backwards. So some clients don't actually tell you the budget. They sit with you and they brief you and they're like, let's just get a proposal from you. Yeah, but we can, we can propose anywhere between, you know, 
X amount and Y amount, which it would help us so much more if we knew what budget what are you going to work with. So we insist on knowing that first because there are so many creative solutions mm. to work with so little. I mean, a huge thing right now is our gatherings when the weather gets a little bit cooler. Um, a lot of um, uh, people would love to have a gathering their own garden. And, you know, when you're when you're gathering is in a garden, you have the trees there that are pretty much constructing most of the setup of your event that you don't even have to pay for. So why not use that? Just add a little bit of twinkle lights, a nice table set up and create a very warm ambience. And then there you go. You have a low budget event, which still transformed the place and made your guests feel like they're in La La Land. Mm. I would love to get kind of more tips like that from the two of you about how, okay, you want something that has a wow factor, but at the same time, you've got a limited budget. So what are the kind of things that you would advise, Maria? Like for us, what we do is like what uh, Hanan said, it's it's you always have to know where you stand. Mm. Like you have to ask the client. We always ask the client, give us your budget because this is where we're going to start. You mm. know, like we don't want to waste your time mm. and our time working on something. And at the end, you're going to tell us. Sorry, it's not going to work because it's not within our budget. So Can you actually use, um, you know, from a, a previous event? We do that all the time. Oh, you know, things that have already been constructed oh, so you don't have yes. to do something bespoke. Definitely. Yeah. That's how you get. And actually, you know, uh, Sally, this is how the majority of event organizers in the market make money. Mm. If you produce a thing one time only and you dump it. You're never going to make profit. Right. Exactly. What happens is that you find creative ways of reusing it in yeah. a different setting, ad- accessorizing it in a different way. You you kind of camouflage it so that people don't realize that this is the same stage or the same desk or the same podium that you used in the last event. But that way you get return on investment, which means that that particular product covered its cost of production and started generating revenue for you. So that's a must. Definitely. So it's about getting creative as well. Oh, it's all about getting creative. Everything, we never turn away a client. Whatever their budget is, it's doable. They just have to be honest upfront to us so that we can create and spend time to actually tailor something that suits them and be realistic about it. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, the the statement pieces and, and, and decorations. You know, what are the kind of things that we're seeing right now in terms of statement pieces that are, that are must have at an, at an event? Actually, it's not a must-have because it changed according to the theme yeah. of the mm. event. But what we've noticed is that a lot of events now are using, let's say, for example, in flower arrangements, a lot of, of events now are using non-traditional floral components. Like you would see people using wheatgrass as a decoration yeah. for the event. Cotton. You, you cotton. Cotton uh, flowers. Cotton flowers. Weird fruits. Dried and yeah, they're dried sprayed leaves. pomegranates yeah. or stuff. So they get really creative when it comes to that. So you need to invest in things that are versatile, that you can use, but, but don't invest in trends. Because trends, you, you would rather rent them than own them Mm. because if you own them they're going to completely go out of style and nobody would want them anymore a huge theme right now is art deco everybody is combining you know flowers with geometric kind of metal shapes and stuff so this has been consistent for the last i'd say marble marble and marble Marble rose gold suddenly you know sweep the market in the last you know couple of years everybody doesn't want it doesn't want silver or yellow gold anymore they all want pink gold or even even in the cutlery yeah everything exactly and we have to be very creative and even our choices of cutlery to find something that can be used with different colors without glass is an excellent component because glass 
works with everything. I mean, it doesn't restrict you. If you have a gold event and you put a set, um, a china set made of glass, then it works with gold. And if you, the next day you have a silver theme event, then the glass still works with silver. Mm. So that's where you tend to get creative to find the stuff that can be used in different ways rather than sticking yourself. Fantastic. This mm. is amazing. And and uh, because Hanan and Maria, you guys pay such a deep, deep attention to the details. These events are all about the details. We're going to come back uh, and talk about that. And also some of the uh, challenges that you have in some of your Maria events. Would it's, love that. It's, it's <laughs> mind blowing. It is amazing. That's next. This is Pulse 95. Pulse 95. It's a Shaja story. Live Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Talking to Hanan and Maria from JRCC this morning. They are here helping us to celebrate Life Beats' first anniversary. This is so very cool. They've brought in uh, an incredible cake. It is here in the studio <laughs> with us. Can we just talk about cakes for a second? We were meant to talk about um, the challenges that you guys have because uh, you do all kinds of events and there are amazing challenges to be had. But the cakes, yes. like when when you design a cake, like how, what are the craziest cakes that people have ever asked for? Well, for cakes, people usually come with a pre-printed picture from the net that they've found, found on Pinterest, Pinterest <laughs> and they're like, I want this one. So we don't really get a lot of creativity. You Has know? that completely changed everything, Pinterest? Yes. This is yes. what I hear from everyone. Yes, yes. It's, it's your own mood board. I mean, we've had clients that come and sit there clueless and they're like, I have this event, what do I do? And then we don't even know, we don't even have a hint of their taste or what do they like. And now they come and they show us this mood board that yeah. they put together and they know exactly what they want and we just step in to execute it. So cakes is the same thing. I mean, people tend to search and then, well, there was a trend of naked cakes, if you've heard about them, where the cake is actually bare. There is a very thin layer only of cream that covers some part of it and then you would get fresh flowers and put them on. I love that. It's kind of very vintage looking. It does. You know, it's just kind of boho chic looking. Exactly. I actually love that. I love it too. And But I think it's it's mostly suitable for events that are outdoor. I mean, if you see it on Pinterest, it's actually garden weddings where they have these cakes. Rustic. Yes, rustic effects. What's happening right now is there is an adaptation of it. Like they still use fresh flowers. What happens is in most weddings, they would say, prepare us a seven layer cake, but leave it bare. And then we would have our own flower arrangements that are done for the table centerpieces, spare you a few flowers, and then you can just ask your chef to arrange them in a beautiful way across the layers. So this has been right now the most demanded kind of design of cake for weddings. They would say bear cake, square, round shapes, or white or off-white. They would specify the color and the number of tiers. Mm. And then they would just bring in their own flowers and we would help them put in it together. Um, your chefs do an incredible job. Um, Chef Aravinda, I, st- I still haven't forgotten him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when he came on, one of the chocolate masters uh, yes. of the world. Yes. You know, he produces some incredible things. Talk to me about some of the more artistic cakes that just, you know, have to have just taken everybody's breath away. 
Well, we have novelty cakes, which are cakes that normally take the shape of a certain thing. Like they would want the cake to resemble a, a their logo or they would assemble. Mm. Or We haven't really ventured a lot into the uh, birthday themes of the cakes. We've had characters. Um, a, a mom came and told us, my son loves Moomin's Valley. I don't, in Arabic, it's called Wadi Laman. I don't know if you used to see it when we were younger. And then they wanted like the characters scattered across mm. them. So we have to do it, make it look basically like a painting with a grass and, and 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 the sky and the characters on it so we do those as well but then there is a trend right now where they spend more on the topper which is the something similar to the <laughs> one that we brought so the cake is very basic we get to um, alternate different layers of flavors the ones that we got today is chocolate and vanilla and what did you say Maria was the, the stuff uh, in between the layers it's uh, caramelized cashew nuts yeah. with the caramel sauce yeah so oh, there you go like so you read <laughs> my mind <laughs> yes. that is like my favorite thing in a dessert so caramelized nuts nuts yeah or croquant we call it croquant yes. in Arabic yes oh exactly gosh, yes so we al- we play with the flavor and then we we wrap it up with the fondue or you know sugar paste and then we apply the color whatever color because basically our our chefs have just a wide area of um, edible um, food coloring um, um, different techniques yeah. and then what happens is that they pop in a topper that is today we made a pulse 95 one and maybe add some balloons again like the one we did today to give it a more you know zesty kind of a celebration it's uh, very theme. cool so yeah. this is a nice uh, volume to it yes yeah. Yeah. yeah i remember the very first cake that we did as the uh, basket of flower arrangements yes, and yes a i remember that i'm gonna show sally a picture we actually the cake was a basket of flowers, flowers. And the whole thing was edible. How fantastic. And I actually loved it so much that I ordered one for my mom because she's a gardener. And then I, I set it in and, and she actually thought it was a flower basket. And then she left it out in the open air for a few hours. Oh and I'm like, yeah. you didn't <laughs> eat it. And she's like, eat what? And I said, the cake. She said, what cake? You sent flowers. Mm-hmm. I said, that's a cake. Everything <laughs> is edible. So that's one of, you know, the the designs that uh, we've done a couple of unbirthday cakes as well. Yes. Which Talk is, more about yeah, that. Maria. It's just. You know, like a lot of different chocolates on top of it, you know, randomly arranged. They call on top it an unbirthday, unbirthday cake. cake. So it's yes. for any occasion. It doesn't have to be your birthday. Whatever you want. Yes, it's it can just, be done. Yes, they just, you know, put random stuff like sweets on top of the cake. Like This is the cake that I was talking about, yeah. Sally, if you wow. can see it. So it, it looks like a basket and flowers on top of it. And then we've done different uh, variations of it. This is another basket. So that everything on the top they is, look real. They look is like edible flowers. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's it's crazy. I almost don't want to eat something like that because it's a work of art, <laughs> yeah. right? I know. I've, I've seen some unbelievable cakes and you just kind of look at it and you just go, I just want to admire it because yes. the work, I mean, how long would it take to, to, to put together a cake like that? Um, the chef would normally work on the flowers way before that yeah. because they tend to live longer. I mean, the flowers are made of sugar, pure yeah. sugar. Yeah. So they the can actually dung. live on a year for a year or more, mm-hmm. th- like harder sugar. And then the cake itself would have to be fresh. Like you would bake it as close as possible to the occasion. Depends on how much time you need to put on the um, wrapping and topping around it. So like, for example, your cake uh, was baked early this morning. So oh, it's fresh. fresh. It's very yeah. fresh. Because it we didn't require it. a lot of, um, the majority of the work was the topper and the balloons and the, all they had to do is put the fondue layer the and fondant. stick the polka dots and then, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I keep on saying fondue. Yeah, it's fondant. <laughs> I'm so hungry. I'm thinking I'm craving cheese or something fondue right is now. Chocolate <laughs> the oh, yes. we've, we've had a lot of um, talk about the cake. I think we're going to have to cut it soon. Yes. We're going to come back in just a moment and talk about some of the bigger events and how you've managed the challenges that come with it and 
We are going to be talking about how to manage the bridezillas. We have to mention those. <laughs> and the mother-in-laws, oh, the high-maintenance clients. Yes. We love them to all. Talk about. Yes, <laughs> that's next. From the heart of Sharjah. From the heart of Sharjah. From the heart of Sharjah. Pulse 95. Something to talk about. Live Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Oh, we have to talk the challenges now of uh, putting on an incredible uh, event. We've got Hanan and Maria from JRCC sharing their experiences. Um, Hanan, you were telling me about an event that you had for 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about <laughs> that. This is crazy. And the hall itself can fit more than 3,000, but we rarely get events that want to invite that many number of people. You know, with the culture of RSVPs in the country, unfortunately, you don't get a very, very clear image of how many people are you getting. So they tend to book for less than the invitees. However, this event was actually a religious event for an, for the Indian community. And uh, there it was because it was religious, they were very strict about the RSVPs and they knew exactly that they were going to get 3,000 people. So we, were, we enjoyed very much the process of uh, customizing a menu to their own needs. They had specific needs of only eating um, vegetables and fruits that grow above the ground. So we weren't able to use potatoes or carrots or onions or anything that grows below the ground. We respect all of their requirements requirements of clients, whether it was religious or health related, we abide by it by all means. So the chef was very excited to work on this challenge and the banqueting and service team were very excited to roll out the food at the same time and feed 3000 people. It was challenging, but it was very rewarding, especially when you see the clients leaving with smiles on their faces and the organizers thanking you and telling you that you made them look good in front of their guests. That's incredible. That is amazing. Yeah. But, it, you know, talk to us about some of the other challenges that you have. But how, how do you serve 3,000 people at once? Well, the good thing is we have very strong partnerships with third-party companies mm. that we can hire casuals from. There is no way that your own full-time employees could cater to your largest events. I mean, you would hire them and recruit them according to the average because that's what recurs, you know, in a, on a common, more common basis. So these third-party partners actually come on on board when we have such events where we would ask them for a certain number of casual staff. We train them beforehand. We make sure that they are in sync with our own team. They understand the brand and the service quality of the mm. place. And we try them on a regular basis before um, putting them on the spot in front of the client. So these partnerships work well. We plan ahead of time. We don't corner ourselves. So we block the, the venue for two or three days, even if it meant losses of sales or other potential bookings. But at least we're, we make sure that we have ample time to clean, prep, set up, and at the same time, brief the staff and have our own runs. So that's how we manage it. And it's not always perfect. You still tend to get challenges every once in a while. You would get an electricity shutdown, which now we worked with by getting backup generators. Sometimes you would get um, unfortunate. Yes, exactly. Technical glitches. Something would happen to us. It would rain outside and, you know, the accesses would be flooded. And we keep very healthy partnerships with government entities as well that Mm. are involved. We would call the municipality to help or we would call, you know, the police to assist us. And, you know, graduation parties are huge and they're crazy. Imagine having 1,000 graduates. 2,000, right? 2,000 people for a high school graduation. And you know how are these graduates they're so full of life and pumped up and excited that their school days are behind them you would get 
them doing crazy stuff. <laughs> so we, we use the help of the police in such events as well, yeah. <laughs> in a subtle way. We don't, we don't scare them. They're just there. So, you know, everybody behave. Be on your best behavior. But, yeah, that's do how they we just, do it. Do they just completely rock out? Tell yeah. They the rock truth. out. They do, you know, <laughs> spinning <laughs> rings in the cars. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they drift outside of oh, the parking man. lots. Yeah, so, but we understand. It's, yeah. uh, we've all been there. <laughs> the, yeah, this is the thing. When you've just finished high school, that's yes. generally... The, the feeling. It's raw um, energy. Yeah, but, you, you know, in terms of the challenges, uh, what about managing expectations? You mm. know, particularly you were talking about Pinterest playing such a big part uh, in how people plan an event. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you kind of manage expectations where you kind of say to people, well, you're not going to get exactly that, but it's, yes. it's going to be this instead. We try to show them samples of our actual work, things that we can prove that we've executed before so they can see it. Whenever we can present a physical sample, we make sure to do that. So whether it's flowers or actual samples from a printing press, if they're working with us, or whether it's a mock-up table setup, mm. but we find that it's very risky to just depend on a mood board and then have the client come on the day and walk in into the hall and it's, it's just e- exactly <laughs> we don't we don't want to risk it we don't want them to walk in and say this is not how i imagined it or this is not how because you don't know how did they imagine it exactly. however the more you narrow it the more you call them in for these mock- even we do food tastings because we don't want the chef is more than happy to cook for 10 people only at any random given day as long as they get to try every dish and then you don't get any surprises on so it's all in preparation yeah, that and, and in terms of like vegan is like this is one of the big trends right now. Yes. People going vegan. Have you had an event where it's all vegan or? No events of all vegan, but events where there is a table that is vegan or a table that is gluten intolerant or a table that is lactose intolerant, which is even more challenging. So we definitely cater into those. We respect all of these dietary requirements. We make sure that we label our food. So if there, it's a buffet, then we make sure that there are allergy symbols that actually mm. indicate whatever has nuts or, or seafood or whatever it is, because the last thing we want is somebody getting an allergic reaction on us. You that know. can be the hottest thing exactly. yeah, at a buffet exactly. event where yes. you don't know what you're getting. Normally, the person who has an allergy is pretty much aware so they don't eat randomly they would go around and ask so Mm. we make sure that even the service staff if they don't if they're not sure about the ingredients of a certain dish they actually run back to the kitchen and get a chef they know to come yes we we don't just give random answers we know how dangerous it could be especially with some extreme allergies what about what happens when uh you've got a bridezilla or a really demanding (laughs) mom-in-law or, uh, you know, uh, j- just kind of more demanding clients. That's, Maria. that's, that's very normal. That's very normal. <laughs> it happens <laughs> every day. It, yeah, it happens before the event, during the booking, during the event, mm. and even right after the event, you know, like it's, it's, it's a continuous process. Talk he's, to me about some of, the, some of the, the disaster stories that you've had with people. Look, we won't tell anyone. In, in, <laughs> in weddings, um, like, you meet one person, you meet one client during the booking. Yeah. But on the day of the event itself, you'll be talking to a hundred of people. Yeah. You'll be talking to, to the mother of the bride, the, the mother-in-law, the sister, the aunt, and they all have different opinions. 100%. So yeah. you have... Crank up the AC. Drop on the AC. Yes, it's too hot. It's too yes, cold. And, and you know, <laughs> sound is too loud. Sound is too low. You know, so we, we really get lost in between. And the guests mm-hmm. are from different generations. Like, for example, the older generation, they don't want a loud sound. So and one they don't would, want a yeah, cold place. The, aunt would, uh, the, the, the aunt would come 
come to you or the mother would come to you and say, I have old people sitting there and it's it's just so noisy. So you'll put the volume down Then the sister would come. She's like, oh, pump up the it's music. Too low. <laughs> it's too yeah. low. You have to, you know, to increase the volume. Do you kind of demand from people that one person only yes. has to be yes. in charge? We That's actually put it in writing That's now because we used to do it in ver- verbally, but then That's it didn't work. So now we ask them to put on the contract the name yeah. of the bride, the name of the groom, the main assigned coordinator at the day of the event. So yeah, we ask the only that, person yes. that you yes. have to deal with. Yes, exactly. So when they come to us during the event, we tell them we'll look into that. We'll get back to you. But then what we'll do is that we'll talk to our main contact person. Yeah. And we'll tell her or him the the situation and everything. So what do you want us to do? They have to make the the final decision. But of course, we cannot tell the the other person that's complaining. No, we're not going to do it. We have another person we're dealing with. We don't do that. So we tell them we'll, we'll, we'll check into it and we'll get back to you. Then we talk to our, you know, to, to the right contact person. A couple of things, um, you know, that I, I want to talk about quickly before we end off. Um, it, you mentioned different de- generations, Maria. Yeah. Let's talk about millennials and oh. how it's all changing now yeah. with millennials. Yes. Millennials are actually changing um, the way industries, businesses or even governments are run. Um, they are actually driving the innovation inside the market they inspire change and collaboration that actually improve the uh, the event experience and attract more audiences like in for example the older generations when they attend events they look they, they find it as as an opportunity to grow their network mm. but for millennials it's more of like an extension of their social interactions. So you might see them browsing or checking their phones all the time, but they're actually boosting the the event following right. through their social network. Yeah. So they're actually, millennials yes. are a great help in terms of, of, of rising the level of the events industry these days. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, the, uh, the funny thing that I've re- realized is that both of us are millennials. Yeah. We're on the cusp. We're like, because <laughs> I'm an 83 and Maria is an 82. So I think it, it's the cutoff year is 81. Yeah. But I do realize what you mean. You mean the younger ones, the mm-hmm. generation that is born in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And they are challenging. They have a much shorter span of focus and concentration. But at the same time, they process things much faster. So um, there are pros and cons to every generation. But at the same time, you just need to understand them. How has social media changed the way that you plan events? Because you know, like Mm. you said, Maria, this is going to be broadcast on social media. Either Mm. it's going to be, you know, live streamed or they're going to do stories or they're going to do posts. So has that changed the way that you guys design your events? Yeah, like um, when we design something, we always say that the creation should be Instagrammable. Yeah, yes, yeah. That's so because the thing you, yeah. you don't have the you don't have um, a chance to get away with someone sulking in the background anymore. <laughs> Everybody yeah. needs to be at their top game. Even even a housekeeper that is you know s- sweeping off the floor needs to look at her top game yeah. because at the end you never know what could end up on social media. And then in terms of designing the event as well and the venue, we have to boost the capacity of our Wi-Fi, you know, servers and router signal because we were we yeah. were shocked at several, several occasions where even though the Wi-Fi server itself or the signal booster can cater up to 1,000, but it was receiving an equivalent pressure and traffic of more than 3,000 people. And when we looked into it, we discovered that people are logging in from different, they would have a laptop on their lap, but then they would have their phone in their hand. They're pushing in high, um, heavy files, uh, videos, videos and, you know, 
streaming pictures and so we had to completely change the infrastructure for the IT and the and the, and the venue as well to go in because you've got thing. like professional photographers who are yes. doing their yes. thing the, media. the videographers media. went media. on the spot to send Trans- whatever they they just took pictures and videos off back to their stations and that's or, just yes. that's apart from the guests yes. who were yeah. there as well who yes. were also doing their own thing definitely imagine it's you have 1000 more than 1000 guests plus yeah. the media you Unbelievable. know the wifi at the same time this is so fascinating super interesting and such an amazing insight into how you plan incredible events uh, at JRCC. Hanan and Maria, I want to thank you both so much. Thank you for thank having you. us. For Sally. being here and to, for celebrating with us. Happy anniversary. Thank Many you. more, inshallah. Thank you. We're so excited. More to come in the next hour here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.